Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush, and I'm here with my co-hostess, Dawn Ludicky. So yeah, three right. Of us tonight, so we're we're like tall and narrow, and normally we're um, squattier when we show up on the screen. There's not a good way to say that, is there? <laughs> um, so we are here tonight. Super excited to have Victoria J. Hyland joining us, and we are um, we're a threesome this evening. We we've only got mm-hmm. um, three of us instead of four authors. We normally have on the show. So you're going to get to hear a little bit from, um, from me and from Victoria. So um, Dawn, I know we both kind of rolled in here at the last minute because of uh, kids sports have already started. So <laughs> yes. what, what have you been up to this week? Um, I work <laughs> getting my kids to school. Um, actually, I've just been finally been able to sit down and, and uh, start writing again and plotting. So um, working with my agent on some other different projects and and just yeah and then I'm in a hero anthology or not anthology but it's a world shared world okay. so yeah what about you I know that you, was that me when Did does that come out oh um 2023 oh okay um, not for a while yeah no it's it's not for a while so yeah but you have some news well, I had a release this week. I had a release on yep. Tuesday. Um, Kiss Me Now, Cowboy came out. So there he is. Um, this is Justin. And I'll read a little bit from this tonight. Um, so yeah, big release. And then, oh my gosh, I dropped my oldest off at college yesterday. Um, and it's only an hour and a half away. And I get to go back tomorrow because um, they got to move in for early early move in because of a thing that they're in. And so tomorrow's the big day for like all the family where um, it's like the family picnic and stuff. So I know so I'm already going back tomorrow. I mean, it's been, you know, like not even 24 hours since I, (laughs) since I left, but still it's like (sighs) changes. That's a big step. Big changes. I know. I know. So yeah, it's been a big week around here. And then I just came in from my, um, from my kiddos football game. He scored like three touchdowns. I was really sad I had to leave. So, so it's amazing what happens when he actually memorizes the playbook and knows what's (laughs) happening on the field. Because last year he was just, you know, I mean, he'd kill me if he saw me talking about it, but you know, he's pretty much clueless. Um, And so this year he actually is engaged. Um, So that was kind of fun. So plenty more where that is, uh, coming from we've got a whole season of that to look forward to so mm-hmm. so how about you victoria thanks for joining us we're yeah. excited to have you with us you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you write and yeah my name is victoria um i write women's fiction so you know in the romance genre but like huge books <laughs> so um and then yeah no i've got twins who just uh, turned seven and they started second grade and so that's a little cray cray but um mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I live a little bit outside of the Chicago area, so that's kind of where I'm hailing from. And, yeah, now I've got a tril- trilogy published. I am knee, like, thigh deep into my new book that's coming out, which is a new series. It's part of a new series, and that's very exciting. I'm hoping to get that out this year. It's just a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, just, I just got over a major, like, uh, plot hump, so I think it's going to be kind of rolling together quite quickly soon twins that must be uh incredibly incredibly busy i'm surprised (laughs) with seven-year-old twins you actually are able to write at all i i make it happen just because if i don't it's you know not happy me so (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah and i also do children's books too so i'm kind of all over the place with with writing so yeah Fun. And what are you reading from tonight? Yeah, I'm going to be reading um, from my my third book. You know, Chris, the, I can't see myself with the narrative. I know. It's called Awaken Elysian Fields, and it takes place mostly in Paris um, and then other parts of France. And yeah, so it's it's the third book in the trilogy, um, but it's a book that can be read by itself. You know, if, there, if anyone 
you know, the first one or the third one can be kind of read by themselves. So yeah, I'm going to read part of that. So, Great. Yeah. so have you been to Paris and traveled around in France? I have. Yeah, I've been to Paris quite a few times and I love it so much. And then um, as the characters developed in my first two books, it, it, there was an opportunity to to get one of the characters to Paris. And so I'm like, I should do that. And absolutely. I was sad that I couldn't go back, you know, when I was writing it for like on-site research, but I'd been there enough times and then I did a lot of research, you know, on the computer just to uh, fill in some gaps in my memory. But yeah, no, it was like right during COVID. I'm like, and like, that's not happening. So, So I didn't actually get to go back, but I have been there quite a few times. And so I've, I've had readers say it's like a tour of Paris as well as a story. Oh, nice. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I need to pick that up then because I, ever since I've been married now, I don't even want to say how long because um, <laughs> then everybody will guess how old I am. But um, my husband, I have told him from the get go, it's like Paris is one of the, one of the places I've always wanted to go. And I mean, he even worked for the airline for years when we first got married. And so we had free, you know, we could fly for free and we never made it to Paris until we, we flew over Paris one time and saw the Eiffel tower outside the window of the plane. And, you know, he was like, there it is, there's Paris. So it yeah, it's one count. of my favorite cities on the planet and yeah. I could go there and be happy like all the time. I know it better than I know it actually Chicago. So <laughs> I could, I could get less lost in Paris. So have yeah. you ever been to Paris Dawn? No, I've, I've been what? to, yeah, I haven't been to anywhere on the outside of the world. Honestly, I've been, wow. um, that might be a record. That's like one place Dawn. We found some place Dawn yeah. has never been. Wow. Well, you can find lots of places outside the U.S. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, I did a lot of traveling in Europe when I was younger. And then just, you know, in my later part of my life, it's all been in the U.S. So yeah. for a while I had more countries than states, but now it's totally flipped. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. I, I can't wait to hear about it. And um, then my new my new series is, sets, is uh, takes place in Mexico because I studied abroad in Cuernavaca. Um, and so that whole series is set there. So I like to set my, set my stories elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's fun. No, that's super cool. Um, yeah. None of mine are set anywhere abroad. Um, so I think I need to up my research game. How about you, Dawn? Um, n- yeah, no, um, no, nope. <laughs> no, no, none of things abroad. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was like multitasking in my brain here. Um, Deanna, I'm going to actually pop this question up from Deanna early. Um, have any of you been to Australia? Sadly, no. I would love to. That is so on my bucket list. I've been to New Zealand, but not Australia. Close. So, but yes, also on my bucket list. I would love I to go. I have friends there. from Australia and New Zealand, but I have not been there myself. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah. There's still plenty of time. Plenty Wait. of time. And now that now that we can travel again, hopefully we'll get to do that soon. I and know you were um, just about to like really start jet setting everywhere right when COVID hit. You were me? in London. Yeah, you. You're like, I'm going to London. Oh. Well, I was in London. Yeah. <laughs> when when COVID hit the borders yeah. closed. We were on our way back. And no yeah. Because I, I had gone over there's um for writers, there was a self-publishing show that was over in London. And so I went over for that. And then um, I know uh, quite a few authors just got back from Australia, though, because they had the RWA in Australia conference that just took yeah. place. And mm-hmm. and I know um, several authors from the U.S. went over for that. So, so yeah, it's nice to have things open again. So we have the option. Yeah, yeah. for real. Yeah. So do we have any questions to kick us off, Don, or should we get started with reading? I mean, we can do questions. We got Karen. She's back and she's rolling. But um, we could start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, let's just start with this big one of Karen's. And I can't even put it up because I think it, it's going to cover your whole face. Um, so we'll just. One I'll at a time, it. Karen. One at a time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first one from Karen. If you were a bird, what kind of bird would you be? Wow. Well, I wrote a children's book about birds, so maybe I'll be that bird. <laughs> He's a what sparrow. Kind of I just think sparrows are cute. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. 
I'd probably be a mockingbird so I could follow Karen around and <laughs> and mock her. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm I'd be kidding. a hummingbird. Oh, that'd be Ooh. cute. No, or a cardinal. I don't know. You'd One be tired if you were a hummingbird because their little wings go so yeah. fast. They're so oh. cute. I, I have a feeder and I we have one that sits in the tree and he's mm -hmm. he's the boss of that feeder and he it's runs everybody bird. off. Yeah, he runs everybody all the other birds off and then occasionally he'll bring a girlfriend and they'll eat together. Oh. <laughs> Sexy time. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've got a if if the branch is rocking, don't come knocking at, at yeah. Dawn's house, right? Yeah, I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna have to make right, that. So I want to know what that question has to do with books, Karen. Oh, um, sorry. I should have prefaced this with she is writing a book about uh, speed dating. And so she mm -hmm. wants to know some of our questions for I guess she's going to be putting some of these questions in her speed dating book. If we're thinking of it that way, I would probably have to go with a raven for myself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'd be a vulture. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I want to know what kind of bird Karen would be. Yeah. Tell us, Karen. Oh, my gosh. So sorry. Oh, it's ringing. Is someone trying to FaceTime you during the show? We can put him up on the screen, Don. Oh, probably. It's my dad, though. I'm okay. Uh -oh. <laughs> All right. No, my, my, I have a, um, a niece on the way today. She's, uh, yeah, my, my sister, well, future sister-in-law is currently in labor so that's okay gotcha that's i wasn't happen. sure when you said a niece on the way i didn't i didn't know if you meant she was coming to <laughs> or no if you were awaiting nope. news of of a birth or of okay. a birth yeah a new baby it's clarifying mm -hmm. uh, all right so another question if you had to be stuck on an island with one person who would that be mm. My husband. alive or dead real or fictional i let's go for it anyone Hmm. This guy's I'd probably bit. be stuck with um, maybe like Albert Einstein because he would be smart enough to figure out how to get us off the island. I think. Maybe. I, think. Hmm. I would actually have to go with my husband. I would too. Because I never I never see him. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's where he works so many hours and so I feel like I never see him like we are like passing in the night and so yeah. I would just like to have time with him and he's very resourceful so he can build anything and figure anything out so yeah yeah okay oh, and I if you were karen says she would take me and some of the um mendota cafe coffee that's, <laughs> that's a comment back to the little coffee shop when she was in town and i said all right let's meet for coffee and i picked it because it was by our hotel and i didn't realize it was in the basement of a building and we were the only ones there and it was kind oh, of creepy so <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Karen. I um, mean, it was you... It was good coffee. It was just we were the only ones there, and it was in the basement of a building, and so it was just it it was just odd. But <laughs> all right. And if you were stranded in an island, what are the three things you would want to have with you? Hmm. I say a, a knife because that's pretty useful. Um, uh -huh. A rope, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Some a kind boat? of vessel that I could be yeah, Oh, can you have animals? Because that'd be neat. I'll have a goat. Goats are fun. Milk. They jump yeah. on things. <laughs> I think I. Well, I don't know. I. I think it depends on if I'm allowed to have a boat. I would probably. I would have a boat so I could again get off the island. Um, <laughs> And then maybe a compass because I'm not very good with directions. And so I'd have no idea which way to go. Um, I know I, I even was trying to find the North Star the other night because I was thinking, you know, if I ever got lost and I had to get home, you know how they used to navigate by the North Star? Yeah. Like they all looked bright to me. I, I don't know. Which so much uh, light pollution. It makes it really hard unless you're right. in something really rural. So, yes, that's I'm going to go with that. Um, <laughs> oh, Karen says she'd have a helicopter. That, I feel like that's cheating. See, we're we're talking stranded on an island here, Karen. And this is your yeah. own question. Right, right. <laughs> so, stranded on an island. Thing. That means no boats and, and helicopters. Oh, no boats. Okay. Um, yeah, then I guess I would have... I mean, I would have a Kindle, a solar-powered Kindle, so I'd have books. <laughs> there you go. And then, um, 
maybe maybe an axe or machete or something so i could you know like they do in survivor chop down the palm fronds and make shelter and yeah. and whack open the coconuts so i could have something to eat and drink um and yeah maybe maybe a notebook with an endless supply of paper because i'm sure i would get a ton of writing done Mm-hmm. even though no one would ever get to read it if I was stranded on an island. You can machete the bark off of palm trees and make parchment. And and there write with go. my own blood? Is that what you're... <laughs> I, I don't write Find bugs. Find bugs and turn that into ink. I don't know. Linda would have a knife matches in water because Linda is extremely practical and yeah. I think very down to earth. So, And I have to... I'm, I was really honestly thinking the same thing. At least I, I didn't think about the water, but you know, if it's, pl- I was thinking water, like pills, like water cleaner, like a mm. filter, <laughs> but yeah. Have you ever heard of people? Um, I don't know. I, I think I read somewhere one time you can drink your own pee if you had to. Yeah. yeah you, I'm not really fond that of that. Would you I ever would... be that desperate that you would, that you would resort to that? I, I don't know. How about you, Victoria? I, I feel like I mean, it, that would have to be extremely desperate, but yeah, it, it is possible, but eventually you. the salts get so concentrated, it would kill mm-hmm. you. So yeah. it wouldn't yeah. last that long. Okay. Yeah. We watched that on that, the, um, their grills show and my children yeah. were very disgusted when he drank his own pee. I don't know. Yeah. Brenna's I saying mean, you have to boil it. Do you have to boil it? Did Bear boil his pee? No, he just like peed on a, a thing and then wrapped it in his head on his head to keep cool. And then he would like drink it. Oh, so gross. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the desert. Yeah. Well, let's move on. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it's getting kind of weird. <laughs> Victoria, would you please, please do us the honor of taking us to Paris? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, and um, the scene I'm going to be reading is kind of, it's not the first time the the two main characters meet, but it's the first time they have a real interaction. And he has just stolen a flask from a store. She chased him down and got it back to the store. And the storekeeper didn't really care. So <laughs> so it's after that, that there's, an inter- there's a more intense interaction between them. All right, we are going to leave you up here by yourself, and we'll be back when you're done. All right. I'm used to children's books, but it doesn't quite lend itself to showing you the text. But all right. So when Elise stepped into the cool evening air, she felt just how hot her cheeks had become. Absently, she raised her hand to her face as she turned down the street in a daze. She hadn't gone gone far before she felt a hand on her shoulder. Without thinking, she reached up, grabbed the hand and wrist, and twisted around to face the intruder. She skillfully controlled his elbow and forced him to bend at the waist with his face down and away from her. She firmly pressed her other hand into his shoulder with her weight behind it as he tried to stand up. He wasn't going anywhere for a while. Thank you, Sensei, for that little useful move, she thought to herself as the all-too-familiar dark-haired man grunted in surprise and perhaps a little pain as he strained strained to right himself. What do you want? She spit out at him in English, oddly aware at the irony of her asking that question at this point. For you to let me go so we can talk, he answered easily, his voice deep and liquid with his French accent. Why the hell should I? She spouted defiantly, pressing into his shoulder and barring his arm even harder, for which she received another grunt. Because I cannot talk to you like like this, Jolie, came the answer in an unexpectedly silky tone clearly meant to diffuse her. It made her waver, but she didn't crack. Why would I want to talk talk to you at this point, monsieur? She asked, squeezing his hand harder for emphasis. He grunted again incoherently, but managed to collect himself a little. How will you know unless I explain? Begrudgingly, she conceded that he did have a point, and something mildly conciliatory in his tone made her ease up just a bit. To her surprise, he didn't struggle or try to dart away now that he could. Intrigued, Elise took a chance and stepped back to fully release him. Once Elise let go completely, he sprang up with a bounce and turned to face her, taking a step back and rubbing his wrist as he sized her up, now with a tinge of admiration. Well, did you learn that? He began conversationally. Elise narrowed her eyes. What are we, friends now? She wondered incredulously, but answered lovely. Six years of martial arts training. C'est vrai? Wow, quel intéressant. 
He chimed with a winning smile full of charm, admiring her openly as his eyes his as his eyes traveled the length of her body. Elise watched him watch her, but neither of them was saying anything. Handsome and charming though he was, and as curious as she was about why he had been following her all week, his theft had let us had left a sour taste in her mouth. Unsure whether she even wanted to talk to him now, she turned away and headed in the opposite direction. Immediately he was on her heels, and halfway down the block he managed to get in front of her, blocking her path. Where are you going, Jolie? Home, she said, glaring into his clearly amused and beautifully liquid dark brown eyes, so dark they were almost black. She faltered a little in her resolve to leave, but regrouped quickly and moved to step aside. Quickly sidestepping to block her way, he continued, No, 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 not when we are finally meeting for real. Come and have a drink with me. He threw out a dazzlingly bright smile to sweeten the offer. She raised a surprised and annoyed eyebrow before shifting again and walking past him. S'il vous plaît, Elise. That stopped her and she turned toward him, blinking dumbly for several seconds before her brow furrowed in confusion and a little apprehension. How? The dark-haired man smiled even brighter. It dawned on her almost immediately and she felt stupid at not having realized it. The name tag on her suitcase at the airport, he had read out her name. Of course he would he could know it, but to remember it still. Had he been thinking about her all this time then? Elise bristled again with the fact that he had indeed been following her for days, and he'd just stolen something and embraced her all too familiarly. She brushed at that thought. She had not been completely innocent. She'd responded to his advances. And now he wanted to have a drink with her? Did he actually think she'd say yes? Did she want to say no? At her hesitation, he smiled again and took a step forward, reaching for her hand. You want to? Why do you fight this? Knowing he was right and not entirely happy about it, Elise pulled her hand away from his and pushed past him, needing to gather her thoughts and finding it incredibly challenging to do so when he was smiling at her like that. He was incredibly handsome and clearly interested, which was flattering and excited her in a way she couldn't push down. But he had stolen something, and she knew it was probably best just to walk away. Even in her confusion, she couldn't help the tug of a small smile at her lips because of his persistence. I'm expected at home, she said quietly, but heard the lack of conviction in her own voice and scowled inwardly. Undeterred, he caught up with her and matched her quick strides, suggesting, Then let me walk you home. Paris might be Paris, but it is still a city. You never know what hides behind the dark corners. Clearly, I can take care of myself. At that, he laughed out loud. Of that, I am most certain, he commented, rubbing his wrist again in illustration as they walked. Elise couldn't help but smirk in response as she kept her pace, quickening her step as she headed down the grand staircase of Montmartre back toward the city. He quickly caught up with her on the steps. You, ha um, you have far to go, he said in a tone that was not a question. She flinched but staunched her surprise. He had been following her, so obviously he knew where she lived. Maybe so, she answered, she answered succinctly, trying to hold on to her annoyance at his continued pursuit, but not entirely succeeding. Then, um, then, even, uh, then, then even more reason, Jolie, that you should not be walking alone at night. All kinds of bad people around. So I've noticed, she replied, half under her breath, but loud enough for him to hear as she continued down the very long stone staircase. He made a sound as if offended, which reflexively made her look over at, her, uh, over at him, only to find a flirty smile and clearly no real offense taken. I am not the one you should worry about, he added with a twinkling eye. She couldn't resist smiling back this time at his handsome face. Oh no? Her defenses wavered slightly, but the fact that he had stolen something still really bothered her. She wanted to know why. Elise stopped abruptly, and he continued a few steps down before, re before realizing she had stopped. Turning, he came back up to stand on the step below her. This put them nearly at eye level with each other. He had a good six inches on her normally, she realized. He gazed at her with those dark, penetrating eyes, and she hesitated, swallowing to regain some focus. Elise began in French, Respondez à une question. Smiling warmly and opening because he'd, uh, oh, smart, smart, uh, smiling warmly and openly because he'd won some ground in their little battle of wills, 
He offered in English still, I will tell you whatever you want to know, Jolie. With so much more bravado than she actually felt, Elise reverted back to English and asked bluntly, why did you steal that flask? His smile sobered, but it did not disappear completely as his eyes narrowed slightly. It was less an expression of annoyance or anger than it was him trying to work something out regarding his view of her. After a few long moments, he responded simply, this is important to you. Elise wasn't sure what she had been expecting, but it hadn't been that. It wasn't an answer, she surmised, but it was an opening. It is, she said simply, holding his gaze. The confidence in his eyes wavered, and he paused as if unsure what to say or perhaps trying to figure out what answer she wanted to hear. She hoped it was the former. The last thing she wanted to hear was a line or a lie. Elise was nearly at the end of her patience, waiting for a response when he dropped her gaze and said simply, because I could. Oh, she uttered idiotically as she mulled over what that meant. She studied the zipper on his jacket for lack of a better place to focus. It felt like an honest answer that stealing from the store had been a lark, nothing more. He hadn't stolen out of need or to sell it or anything else, but just because he could? Reflecting back on her childhood, Elise knew she would never have stolen just because she could or just for fun. It was not fun. It had never been fun. When Elise looked back up at him, his eyes were firmly glued on hers as she searched for her reaction. The scrutiny made her nervous and she felt herself flush. How could she explain her thoughts and reaction to his admission? It was far too personal to share with the stranger. She didn't even know his name. Looking away again, she shifted her weight back on her heels and managed to stammer out a whispered, I have to go. Elise stepped around him and continued down the stairs. A whirlwind of emotions raged within her, and she wasn't sure how she felt about what he had said. For her, the act of stealing had been something forced, something terrifying, something that held the hope, but not the guarantee, that she would escape a beating. It was something to do casually for fun. It, it wasn't something to do casually for fun. Jolie, do not go, he called after her, and, and this time reached out and grabbed her hand. Please. Elise let him stop her and turn her around to face him, bracing for his scorn or derision or laughter. Now on the same step, she grudgingly looked up at him, unable to prevent the moisture in her eyes, and she hated that she might start to cry in front of this man she barely knew about something he could not have known would do this to her. But he wasn't laughing, and his eyes held no scorn, only concern and a little confusion. When Elise didn't pull her hand from his, he took her other hand and brought both of them together between them. His touch was very gentle, almost intimate, but decidedly chaste. It was a silly prank and one I now regret. I cannot say I understand, but I can say I'm sorry for what it is that makes you sad like this. His tone felt completely genuine, and she wasn't sure how to process that. Looking down at their joined hands, she noticed his were a little darker, a little rougher, a little larger, and wholly masculine next to her smaller, delicate fingers. He began to jump, gently rub his thumbs over her knuckles, an intimate gesture that sent a flutter through her body. Her breath caught as her heart began to race and her face felt and her face flushed. Elise abruptly pulled her hands away and tucked them securely into the crooks of her elbows. Undeterred by her retreat, he took a small step closer. For whatever reason, she did not reestablish the safe distance as he leaned in, nearly touching her, but not quite. Très jolie, Elise. He whispered intimately as his eyes studied her face. Elise could feel his warm breath on her cheek, so near her lips. Her mind was urging her to go, to run, but her body froze in adamant betrayal, determined to soak him in. A smile began at the corner of his mouth when she didn't move away. A beautiful name for a beautiful girl. She might have stood there indefinitely, basking in the exhilaration of his closeness, staring into his eyes and listening to his liquid voice, but as he reached up a hand to touch her face, she snapped out of the spell and stepped back ever so slightly. His hand fell back to his side with genuine disappointment. Elise stood staring at him for a few seconds longer, her breath quick as though she'd been running. When he didn't make another move toward her, she managed in French, just above a whisper, I'm sorry, I really need to go. Not waiting for a response, Elise turned and, and quickly descended the stairs, wiping away the wetness from her eyes. I'll stop there. <laughs> so. so hopefully that was entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry, it takes us a few seconds to get unmuted and back up here on the screen. So holy, holy cow, what an accent that you 
<laughs> trying. <laughs> no, that was that was awesome. Um, I can't do any kind of accent, so I really enjoyed. I can do that. French. <laughs> so. Very well. I mean, I yeah. Obviously, I haven't been to Paris, but um, it it sounded French Real to cool. me. So. Yeah. Same here. Nicely done. Yeah. Well, hopefully that intrigues people to read a little bit more. So. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, yeah. that was uh very intriguing. So, um, I didn't see any questions come through though. I think people were just spellbound. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Happy to answer questions if people have them. But yeah, Karen just said, "Always love it when authors read from their stories." So yeah, um, she does. Yeah, we do, do have, have a. Oh, I was going to say, if you do have questions, just go ahead and pop them in the comments. But yeah, I'm sorry, Don. Go ahead. We do have a couple from earlier still, so I saved some. <laughs> How do you like to relax after a day of work? What's relaxing? I know, right? <laughs> <sighs> my, like, honestly, my work is so sporadic. I'm self-employed. I'm a freelance editor and writer in addition to authoring and things. Um, so I don't really know how to relax. Like sitting on a beach makes me want to punch somebody in the face. So I don't know. Maybe maybe a beer or a glass of wine. Maybe. I was going to say wine makes re me relax. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Netflix and chill. Yeah. No, I, not so much the chilling, but the Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, I have to Netflix to shut my brain off at night. Yeah. I my do husband that. doesn't understand either. Mm -hmm. yeah. He also doesn't like necessarily the crackers that I eat. And <laughs> chill. Are you eating crackers in bed? Cause that's. I am. Oh, he gets <laughs> no, not always. Sometimes it's other things. <laughs> Yeah, I do like to read too. I just saw Karen said in the comments she um yeah. likes to read, but not as much as she did years ago. Um, although I know um Karen listens to a lot of audiobooks. Mm -hmm. Um, but it seems like I was just thinking about this the other day. I I tend to read a lot more stuff that's not published yet, you know, because I'm reading for friends and other authors yeah. and arcs and things like that. And so um I feel like I'm not caught up on, you know, all the books that people are talking about. Mm -hmm. yeah. current books people are talking about and I miss that so I once I know I keep saying like once the kids get back in school because my kids are not back in school yet um we still have and they don't go back until after Labor Day um except they might have been back for a week and a half it's geez, yeah it's so so weird I know um I grew up in Texas and then we, we always went back to school early there too but um so yeah once we finally I'm hoping we get back into some sort of routine because this summer has just knocked me on my rear end um Mine too. yep mm -hmm. So I hope to get back into reading more yeah, and, and that is how I relax or, um, or watching a show. And I, I've been watching the morning show with, with my hubby. Um, mm -hmm. It's on Apple TV and it is Reese Witherspoon and um, Jennifer Aniston. And I mean, it's, good. it's a drama. So, you know, I mean, both of them I, I've seen in many, 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 you know, comedies and stuff. So it was kind mm -hmm. of a little odd at first to see. And Steve Carell um, also. But it's really good. Wow. So those three with drama. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That's really good. So, yeah, I've mm -hmm. been enjoying that. How do you All relax, right. Don? Um, I just looks and chill with Netflix. my crackers in bed yep. <laughs> with your and wine and yes. wine. Yeah. What inspires yeah. you? <laughs> what inspires um, you? <laughs> and so many things. Um, and it really, de it depends on what I'm writing, but like for my novels, it's, you know, little life experiences and same with short stories, short stories. I'll take a little snippet of something and then it'll just blossom into stuff. I am in a lot of short stories and anthologies and things. Um, but no, like um, for my for my new novel that I'm working, it's literally I studied abroad in Mexico and I really wanted to move there and renovate a hotel. And so this is the what if I had done that scenario. So for that one, that is definitely what inspires me. <laughs> what about and you, Dylan? I say, oh, I don't know. I mean, everything I, I think as authors, you can get inspiration from anything. You know, yeah. I mean, I've been... Like I, I've written whole entire books off of, you know, like a, one line from a song yeah. um, mm -hmm. or, you know, you over here. And of course, I think during um, when everybody was staying home during the pandemic, I, I I mean, I was still writing, but I I felt like my writing was getting, you know, kind of stale. And I realized it's because 
you know, I, I get so many ideas just from talking to other people or, mm -hmm. you know, kind of being out and you know, like even standing in line at Costco, you know, it's like I'll hear a mom arguing with her kid behind me, you know, right. and it's like, oh, that'll remind me of something or make me think of something and, and, you know, kind of inspire a scene. So I, I think really anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It comes from anywhere. And I know people always ask that. And it's like, honestly, really, it can be anything. It can be anywhere. A writer's mind is weird like that. We just mm -hmm. cling on to things. <laughs> so. Right. Well, and when my husband and I were dating, we used to play this game because um, we would always meet up because we were dating long distance. And so um, when we'd go out or whatever, you know, we'd play this game, you know, like, what do you think their story is? And, and you know, you look mm -hmm. at strangers who are, you know, having dinner together and it's like, ooh, they're on a first date, you know, and I mean, they've been married for 20 years, you know, but it's, you know, just kind of like make up these little stories yep. about, you know, people yeah. that you see and, and all that. And so, yeah, I miss that when, when we couldn't get out. So. I'm just glad, I'm sorry. I, I have this thought that just popped in my mind because uh -oh. what, what that Steve Carell um, comedy show, what is it? Date night. Weren't they playing that game at the beginning of their day? I think so. Um, was it date night? Yeah, date night. Because then it's like a big. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I, I, you're lucky because you know that you're you didn't end up like being chased by murderers and stuff. Like Very they true. Did playing that on their. Very true. On their date. So yes. Well, you yeah. know, we don't go out on dates very often to avoid that. That's <laughs> yeah. that's the reason that that we normally order in and watch a movie when we have our date night. Yeah, because you know, we, we don't want that to happen. Yeah. Good idea. Good plans. All right, let's do one more and then hear from you. Or do you want to hear? You want to? No, we can do one more. Okay. What's the craziest thing that you've eaten? This is a Karen. Oh, that's this totally is a, a Karen typical question. Karen question. Yeah. Craziest thing. Um, I eat a lot of crazy things, so it's hard. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. What's the craziest thing? Well, I guarantee your answer will be better than mine. Mine too, because I have no idea. The cats. I have not eaten the cat though. Um, <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I'm being a sailboat. Incite a riot on Romance Happy Hour. We no kidding. I would never do that. I've got cats and kids here right now. Um, okay, take her please. Um, I mean, I've gone crazy. I mean, I just oh, when I was in um, New York this summer, we found this really interesting meat place. It was called um, Dark Side of the Moo. And you can eat really random meats. And we ordered, what did we order? Um, kangaroo. Oh. I know. I felt bad about that one a little bit. And then what was the other one? I mean, they had wild boar, but we didn't get that. There were two. What was the other one? But yeah, kangaroo might be the weird one. It was cool. But oh, and um, oh, why can't I remember the other one? But yeah, no, but I've eaten like camel and Mama. and random stuff. And um, there's Okay. Okay. Yeah, and we had some snake, I guess. Yeah, but seven-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. No. So I mean, I'll I'll try anything once. So, um, but yeah. I mean, my husband really wants to eat one of those live octopuses, but that's Ooh. a little weird for me. I don't know mm. if I can. I, I don't want to eat anything that I can feel like fighting back on its way down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm like, no. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I see. Um, there's a comment. Karen said maybe alligator. I think I've had alligator. I've had alligator a lot. Yeah, um, it's like it's like fishy chicken. Yep, I've had rattlesnake. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to think of what else. I mean snails. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nothing too terribly exotic. Yeah, I, I used to love escargot, um, but then uh, there's this really cute children's book called Escargot oh. that I read with my with my daughter, and it's a snail who's asking you to like kiss it because it's all it's a little French snail and he's adorable. So I don't know if I could eat escargot anymore because he's really cute. <laughs> yeah, I think I only had that once, and it was I mean. I don't know. It was just the, the butter and the garlic was really what I was after. You know, I just, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't, I wasn't terribly impressed with the snail. Um, I don't know. Oysters. I mean, that's common. I, though. Yeah. I mean, it's common, but that literally that's the only weird thing that I've eaten. Cause I guess I'm a prude when it comes to food. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, I don't know. Oh, I thought of the other one that I had. It was yak. 
That's what oh. I mean. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I Interesting. Think that's kind of beefy, though. It, it was like a lean beef. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like buffalo. Buffalo is pretty lean. I had, um, when I was just in Montana this summer, I had a bison burger and I had an elk, elk meatloaf. Yeah. Um, elk is the best. Elk is my favorite red meat on good. the planet. So yeah. good. Really good. We got um, freezer full, not to brag or anything. But. <laughs> So jealous. Obviously, none of us are vegetarians on this show. So no. this none of us are thinking like pickled. Uh, Maybe listening pickled, later. What was it, Karen? Cactus. I've had cactus. Oh, I love cactus. It's one of my favorite yeah. things my mother-in-law makes. Yeah. My daughter eats seaweed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sushi. Yeah. Yep, yeah. With sushi. Yeah. No, she just eats the the. Just eats it by itself. It's the seaweed. Yeah, they, yeah, you can get them in like the yeah, yeah the. I don't know. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah. I'll eat anything once and then we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Dylan. Tonight. We're talking about all kinds of yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's so I'm, I'm going to read now, right? Yep. All right. I got to put on the glasses though. Cause. And I, um, I'm not going to start from the beginning. Normally I start from the beginning. Um, do you want me to put you guys down so you don't have to sit here and watch me while I read? Okay. Yeah. There we go. Um, I normally start with chapter one, but I'm going to dive in a little bit more on this one. I'm reading from um, Kiss Me Now, Cowboy. It came out on Tuesday. This is the first book in um, a brand new Cowboys in Paradise series. And um, Justin and Emmeline are friends to lovers he is an injured bull rider and she is um, a kindergarten teacher and he's been in love with her for years. And so I am picking up, um, there's four of them, best friends, Justin Knox and Decker um, are the boys. And then they, they've been friends since they were little, little, little. And then Emmeline moved to, um, to their town when she was in, I think second grade. And so, um, so they've all been hanging out for years and years. So I am picking up after Justin and Emmeline and Decker went to, um, Knox is a musician and they went to his concert. He's a, a country Western superstar and they went to his concert. So I am going to pick up there. So, um, Emmeline linked her arm with Justin's as they headed away from the giant arena. He'd seemed off all night, more quiet than usual, more reserved, more serious, Cat got your tongue? She nudged him with her hip, trying to get him to open up a bit. He could be a hard one to read sometimes. If left to his own thinking, he could think himself down into some pretty dark places. Places where he shouldn't go. Nah, he dismissed her concern with a quick shake of his head. Just thinking about Knox. Seeing him play tonight wasn't exactly what I expected. Do you really think he's selling out? Only Knox can answer that. I suppose. She squeezed his arm, wondering if now might be the right time to broach the subject she'd been wanting to talk to him about for the past couple of weeks. She'd meant to bring it up before, but there never seemed to be a right time. Out of the three men, Justin was the one she talked to most often, especially now that he was back home. When he'd been riding bulls, he spent 95% of his time on the road, either competing in events or traveling back and forth between. But even with him being home for the past couple of months, they still hadn't seen each other as much as she would have liked. Sometimes she felt like he was avoiding her. He knew how much she hated rodeo events, knew how much that lifestyle had taken from her family. He also knew how she felt about him following in his dad's and brother's footsteps. Though she tried to understand, she couldn't. Justin wasn't cut from the same cloth as his older brother, Jake. Though they both followed in their dad's footsteps when it came to bull riding, Justin didn't subscribe to his dad's all-or-nothing way of thinking like his brother did. He'd been avoiding talk about his return to the circuit. If she wanted to get a straight answer, now might be the best time to press for one. Got big plans this summer? She slowed her stride on purpose, not wanting to run out a sidewalk before she had the chance to steer the conversation somewhere serious. I've got PT on my shoulder to look forward to, and hopefully some time at the lake with Decker and Knox. He hip-checked her with a quick bump. I'm hoping you'll have, have time to squeeze me in sometime between when Georgie's baby arrives and Keisha walks down the aisle. You know, I'm never too busy for you. They'd been friends since the day they met and had always been there for each other. That wouldn't stop now, not even if he was being bullheaded about riding bulls. He looked ahead as he answered, Good to know some things never change. Sometimes some things need to change. I see, he clucked his tongue. Is that what we're going to do tonight, Em? She stopped and let her arm fall away from his. What do you want me to say? You can't seriously be thinking about getting back up on a bull this summer. 
You might be fooling Knox and Decker, but you're nowhere near healed up enough to even consider it. And you know all about shoulder injuries now? His eyes narrowed just a little, the teasing tone long gone from his voice. I know you're still in pain. I know your dad's been pushing you. I know you've got some sort of death wish. She crossed her arms over her chest, challenging him to deny it. I don't expect you to understand. He adjusted his cowboy hat, pulling it lower over his eyes. Her heart squeezed. I do understand, at least part of it. Your dad's been pushing since you started mutton busting, but just because he won a title, it doesn't mean you have to kill yourself to try to get one too. Yeah, he got a title, then Jake got a title. If I don't keep the tradition going, I may as well change my last name. He glanced down at her, his gaze connecting with hers barely long enough for her to see the hint of humiliation in his eyes. I can't let them down. There was nothing she could say or do to change his mind. She'd learned that about Justin over the years. Once he set his sights on something, he wouldn't let up until he'd reached his goal. It might be an admirable quality if he directed his focus on something a little less likely to cause a permanent injury. I wish you'd reconsider. She linked her arm with his, with his again, her way of backing off a bit. I wish you'd stop bugging me about it. Touche. How about a truce? She whirled around to face him. I'll stop bringing it up if you promise me you won't commit to an event until you're fully healed. Justin clenched his jaw and shifted his gaze to a spot over her shoulder. Fully healed is a pretty subjective term. She poked him in the stomach. Fine. When a doctor clears you, is that better? Sure. I won't get back on a bull until I'm cleared by a doctor. The hard lines around his mouth eased. Is that what you want to hear? Shake on it? She thrust her hand out. I'll do you one better than that. Let's hug on it. He opened his arms, his mouth curving up into that playful grin of his that made her toes curl. But this was Justin, her best friend. Hugs from best friends shouldn't induce toe, curl ah, toe curling. She flattened her toes inside her favorite cowboy boots and snuggled against his chest. His arms embraced her, making everything right in her world, at least for the moment. Justin had that effect on her. No matter what was going wrong in her life, no matter how hard of a day she'd had, the moment he wrapped her in his arms, it all faded away. Should we catch up to the others? Justin pulled back. Wouldn't want them to think we got lost on the walk over. Sure. Reluctantly, she let him go. He might think he'd won the battle, but she hadn't given up on trying to get him to see things her way. After all, that's what friends were for, to help each other navigate the twisty turns life threw in their path. What kind of friend would she be if she gave up that easily? So chapter four, Justin. Sandwiched into a corner booth with him on one side and Knox on the other, Justin breathed in the mouth-watering scent of sizzling fajitas and let being in a place he liked with the people he loved soothe his troubled soul. Terlingas had been one of their favorite places to visit back in high school. They'd spend the day out on Lake Ray Hubbard on one of Decker's dad's boats, then grab their fill of authentic Mexican food before heading home. Being back here with three of his favorite people in the whole wide world made the problems waiting for him at home fade into the background. He took a long draw on his tea and focused his attention on the conversation going on between Knox and Decker. Decker dipped a still warm tortilla chip into the bowl of salsa in the center of the table. I'm just saying, if you don't want to play the kind of crap they're telling you to, then why don't you just walk away? Just walk away? Knox spread his arms out as wide as he could in the cramped space of the booth. You think it's that easy? Decker finished chewing and shrugged. Personally, I'd ride that money train until the tracks came to an end, but if you're determined to sabotage your own success, some of us don't have daddy's cash to back us up if we change our mind about things. Knox's jaw clenched, along with his grip on the bottle of beer. Come on, y'all. Emmeline's gaze bounced back and forth between the two men. She always played the peacekeeper in their testosterone-fueled trio. How long has it been since the four of us got together? Let's not waste time with a pissing contest. You know you'd be the one to lose in a pissing contest, right? Justin couldn't help but poke fun. She used to get so jealous that the three of them could take care of business just about anywhere when she'd oftentimes have to head off alone to find the ladies' room. How about we change the subject from bodily, bodily fluids to figuring out what kind of appetizers we want to order before the server comes back, Em suggested. Justin stifled a laugh. Though Em was the youngest of the four of them, she'd always been the most mature. Queso flamiato for sure, the big bull. Decker slung an arm over Miranda's shoulder and ran a finger over the laminated menu. And in order, the guacamole prepared tableside. What else do y'all want? Just keep the beer coming. Knox tipped his bottle toward Justin. Your turn to get dogpiled. What's going on with your run for the championship title? Great. He'd gone from tempering the fire between Knox and Decker to ending up in the hot seat. Before he had a chance to downplay his injuries, M spoke up. You know, Justin, he's pretending like he didn't almost die and counting the days until he can climb right back up on a bowl again. The look on her face dared him to disagree. It was like she'd somehow taken every look of disappointment he'd ever received in his life and swirled them all together into one big frown. 
That's not exactly true. His fingers fiddled with the straw wrapper. Oh, straw wrapper, sorry. Um, M was only trying to protect him, but she had no idea how important it was for him to get back to what he needed to do. Let's count your most recent injuries. She held up her pointer finger. One, a severe concussion. What's that come to? Three in the past two years? Justin pressed his thigh against hers, a silent request to change the subject, but she was on a roll. Her middle finger went up. He also had surgery on his shoulder to repair his rotator cuff. Knox winced. Damn, I've heard a, ro a torn rotator cuff hurts like hell. Yeah, well, we know Justin never does anything half-assed. What did the doctor say? She bit her lip and dramatically shifted her gaze to the ceiling. Something like you shredded it to the point he was amazed your arm was still attached? Can y'all excuse me for a minute? He didn't want to listen to him go through the rundown of all the ways he'd abused his body over the years. Knox slid out of the booth so Justin could get up. Out of all his friends, Knox understood the sacrifices a man had to make to follow his dreams. He'd turned his back on everything he loved for a shot at making a living with his music. Sure as hell it paid off for him. He'd sold out the entire arena tonight and had back-to-back -back shows lined up across the country for the next several months. She just worries about you. Knox waited for Justin to pass before he slid back into the booth. Yeah, I know. He couldn't help that a bull put an end to Emmeline's dad's career or that her father struggled with the after-effects of a permanent injury. She had a right to her feelings. Truth was, she had reason to be concerned. Justin had lost track of how many bull riders had come up through the ranks over the years only to fade away when a bad landing put an end to their career. He couldn't let that happen to him, though. His dad expected him to continue the tradition of keeping the Forza name in the headlines. Bull riding was all Justin knew. He'd barely graduated from high school and never gone to college. If he quit bull riding tomorrow, his dad would probably disown him or maybe cut him out of the family business. Without a title to his name, he wouldn't have much value being associated with the bull riding school his dad and Jake had started. If that happened, there'd be no way he could afford to give M the life she deserved. Hell, even if he did win the title, the prize money wouldn't go very far if he wanted to secure a future for the two of them. Not when he had his eye on a little tract of land not far from the ranch where he was raised. M deserved a hell of a lot more than he would ever be able to give her, but he'd do his best. He'd either get back to the competition this summer or have to wait until January to start over. He wasn't sure his heart or his battered body could wait that long to finally tell her how he felt. That meant whether he was 100% ready or not, he had to find a way to get back into the circuit. His body could heal if he got injured again, but his heart? There was no way his heart would ever recover if he didn't get the chance to come clean with Emmeline. I will stop there. Get you back up here and unmute you. Oh, I think you and yeah, there we go. There you go. <laughs> okay. I love so. that you write about the rodeo because yeah, I'm in my first book, Look at <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> so, I love the rodeo. It's good. It's good fun to research. So. Yes. Yes. And I did um, lots of research. So I actually got to talk to a, a guy who works for the PBR and, and he spent a lot of time on the phone with me talking about just everything that bull riders go through. And, um, and then there's some great documentaries. There's one um, fearless, I think on Netflix and it mainly focuses on um, some Brazilian bull riders, but it was, um, and so it goes back and shows them, you know, riding in Brazil and, and then in the PBR and everything. But yeah, it was super fascinating. I know Dawn was a bull rider, so, or, or you dated bull riders <laughs> and you were a rodeo queen or, or a rodeo princess at one point in time. Oh, you're mm -hmm. muted. Yeah, we can't hear you, but I did not mute you, so I don't know. We have lost your sound. This, yes, <laughs> yes. That's no, I was saying I wasn't. I I did rodeo, but I didn't. I wasn't a rodeo queen. I, I know. Me. I'm just teasing you. Um, I dated a bull rider, um, but uh, I was gonna say I actually had an exchange student in high school from Brazil Ooh. who was a bull rider in Brazil. Okay. And so he was just, he was in, he hung out with the Cowboys because that's where he fit in, even though he didn't look like he did because he was, you know, foreign and everybody loved him. But, um, yeah, he was just like, he would come and you could just tell like he was itching to be on a bull, but he couldn't in the exchange program, but. Oh, they wouldn't let him? No. I guess that would be some massive waiver you'd have to sign yeah. if you were going to, Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. 
Well, no, it was it was interesting researching. I mean, I've been to many, many rodeos, um, yeah. but I've never participated in a rodeo. Yeah. So, yeah. but it was fun to research. Yeah. Even funner to do, though. You should participate sometime. I think I'm past <laughs> my my potential rodeo years, Dawn. Yeah. I, Are you? I don't I know. I, lo I loved your reference to mutton busting. That is the cutest yeah. thing to watch ever. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. When you get the little kids on the back of a sheep and they're trying to. <laughs> yes. Well, we actually don't have any more questions. What? I know. I do have one, though, um, from me. The mm -hmm. restaurant in the menu in there seemed pretty in-depth in your book. Is it, like, based off an actual restaurant you've been to? Or yes. um, did you Google on – did you research on there? Because, I mean, I was, like, I got hungry. I know. As I was reading it, I was kind of um... – I was kind of starting to drool because I didn't get dinner in between when I got back from my son's same here game and, and hopped <laughs> on here. Um, so there was a place. So, I, I mean, you know, as authors, there's always a little bit of us in every single book. And so um, there there were times a friend of mine had his his older brother. They had a sailboat in their family. And so we used to go out on the lake and um, go on the sailboat. And sometimes we'd actually sail and other times we just kind of floated around and, and, um, you know, had fun, but we would oftentimes stop by a place in downtown Fort Worth called Benito's and mm. get the queso flamiato, which is basically, um, cheese. And then they pour alcohol on top of it and they light the whole thing on fire and it's, it's a dip. Saganaki, but Mexican. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, I don't even know what kind of, of alcohol they put on it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it Probably was tequila. tequila. I mean, I have to look it up. But, um, but you know, I mean, it, it it would burn off, and then you would just be left with this cheese dip that was delicious. And mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there were, I don't know, there were like maybe a handful of us that would most of the time go, and we would normally be able between you know like six or seven of us be able to scrape enough money together to order like one order of queso flamiato that mm -hmm. we would all have to share. And then, you know, you try to eat as little cheese as possible on it so that you could just keep getting the chips refilled. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> over. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I do that, too. I put in like real restaurants and real hotels that are just like places that I've either been or have researched the crap out of. And like, like there's a hotel in, in the book that they go to the Loire Valley and it's a real hotel. Like I want to go there someday and just present them with the book and say, here, like <laughs> I featured your hotel in a really nice yes. way. <laughs> so awesome. Terlinga's is not um, a real restaurant that I know of. I mean, I made that up, but, but yeah, we used to, it was Benito's mm -hmm. and we used to go to Eagle Mountain Lake, not Lake Ray Hubbard because Lake Ray Hubbard is in Dallas and Eagle Mountain Lake is in Fort Worth. Okay. But similarities. Yeah. And no comment awesome. on um, the rest of that because they did get busted while they were swimming one time. And I have no comment on, on any of that. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are actually on time. I mean, yeah. All right. So I have yeah. a question, Victoria, what is coming up for you next? You're, you're working on a new series you said? Yes. My cat is trying to take over my computer. So, um, uh, we, we don't have a good history with cats. We had yeah, um, Tonto Candle like touching the screen out of the broadcast by her cat one time. Trying to keep him <laughs> on the side. Um, yeah, so the new series that I'm writing is called the Hotel Brisas series. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of the name of the hotel we were going to name this hotel property if we had actually done it in real life. Um, and the first book is called Rooted Hearts, and um, it basically follows a character named Miranda who is very close to me. Like her backstory is basically my backstory up to a certain point in my life. And um, so, yeah, it's her renovating this hotel. Um, just she, she killed her life and like renovates this hotel, but she's also working to renovate herself because she feels broken. So it's kind of that thing. Um, so yeah, I'm working on that. I also have two new children's books um, coming out in the near future um and i mean i work and try to help other people publish as well so i'm always doing something with words and books but yeah i mean all my stuff um you can look me up on my website which is victoriajhyla.com um and then yeah so i'm all over facebook and all the other things too <laughs> 
And you are giving away um, Reader's Choice of one of your ebooks from yeah, your Yeah, any ebook, Reader's Choice. Yeah. Great. And that giveaway is up on our Facebook page, the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. It'll be up through Sunday. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, hop on over. And then um, I am giving away a, a signed paperback of um, Kiss Me Now, Cowboy. If you are um, U.S., if you're international, it'll be a, a paperback with a book plate that I will send you. So. Okay. Yeah, both of those are up on the Facebook page, so check it out. And then we will be back, oh my gosh, Dawn, in September. Yeah. You know, I can't yeah. believe our next show is in September. The week before I go see my son graduate from Marine Corps boot camp. Gosh, it feels like he just left. I know. Not for me. I know. <laughs> I'm sure I know. not I for know. him. <laughs> I'm sure not for him. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Gosh, time seems to fly so fast nowadays. But yeah. All right. So yeah, we'll be back in September with um, we have two shows planned for September and hope you'll join us then. And um, other than that, thanks for being with us, Victoria. We really appreciate it. It was fun you. hearing your, your French accent. I'm not even going to try <laughs> to fake it yeah. because I will watch it completely. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, if if you joined us late and missed out on that, definitely go back and listen. Yeah, there's a lot of French in the book, but I promise you, if it's something you need to understand, it's contextually explained. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All yeah. right. Well, everybody, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers.